0: Uh, Turn to Bibles, Colossians 1, 21-23, um, and as you're, as you're getting there, I kind of speak to you guys a little bit, and I uh, said this in all three services, really wasn't um, in my notes coming here this morning, um, but really just through worship and the first service, uh, the Lord just started to speak to me about these two things, uh, being very thankful that we get to come together um, as, as a church. Um, and that happens in your homes, that happens in house churches, that happens in small groups. And being very thankful for that. Um, during this season, the last five months, I believe the Lord is speaking to His his church, His bride, about things now and things to come. And the two things that that we will actually just filter through the whole teaching with these two things. First of all, that we would be intentional. The, the Lord has... Showed us to be very intentional about relationships. So you, you have to be very intentional to get here, to go, to get into a church service, even in America now. You have to be very intentional, and probably in the next uh, few weeks or so, we're going to have to be more intentional. Which means you have to go through obstacles to get here. You go to the store, you don't just walk down an aisle now. They actually have arrows of what aisles you're going to go. Um, that that can be a hard thing for me, so I'm not paying attention. Right? So now I'm having to pay attention, I have to be intentional about whose hand that I shake and one that, that I don't. Uh, not that I wouldn't shake someone's hand right now, but more, will they shake my hand? Uh, that's probably a good social skill to have in the future anyways, right? All right. So being uh, intentional about everything, and it's really, really good that we're doing things on purpose because, especially in America, because we're so casual, we just do things without thinking about them. And to be in a good relationship with each other... Good relationships are very intentional. They're also not very casual. What I mean by that is that, and this is the principle that that my wife and I have, and many good marriages have as well, is Jesus is the center of our marriage. We want to be very intentional in our relationship, but we also don't want to be very casual about it. Because if not, I'll take her for granted, she'll take me for granted. And one of the things I believe the Lord is doing right now in his church is speaking to us about those two things. We'll be intentional about his presence. We'll be intentional about the gospel. We'll be intentional about the word of God, but we're not going to be so casual as we enter in, realizing that the Lord is a big deal, right? And Pastor Clint talked about that last week with Colossians one fifteen through 20 is Paul is is just laying down the groundwork because of false teaching, but also to let them know, like, whoa, like Jesus, he's not your not your homeboy, he's not just this prophet, like he is God. He's the visible part of God. He's the only begotten son. Yes, he came in flesh, but this Jesus is a more than just a big deal. Right? Like, take your sandals off. Like this is G like to, to, to even say his name. Right? And so that we would be intentional with that, but also not casual with it, right? Because it's only by the grace and empowerment of God that we get to say, Abba, Father. We get to say, Daddy, because of Jesus. So let's look at Colossians 1 21 through 23, and thinking through the whole teaching, being um, very persistent and on purpose doing things and not being casual. So, verse 21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So let's pray. Father, Lord God, we just thank you for your word and for your power. Holy Spirit, may we be very intentional to hear your word today. Intentional to say, I'm not going to worry about finances right now. I'm not going to worry about even my family right now. I'm not going to worry about relationships right now. I'm not going to worry about what's going on in the world. Right now. I just want to hear your word And God, in that, would we not be so casual about the fact that we believe you're going to move? Not just this morning, but we believe that you're moving and doing great things right now, right in this season. You are everywhere, and we want to be attentive to that. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. Your word never comes back void. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing we want to look at with this teaching today is you were once— You and I are here today because we were once lost, but now we're found. He says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. The ESV says this, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, which means uh, your whole thought process was just evil against God. You hated God. Before you came to know God, you hated him. No matter how much you liked the mountains, no matter how much you liked nature or had a soft spirit, you, you were actually so alienated from God that you hated him, which is why you did what you did. So it's this anthem that every believer uh, would say, I was, I was once lost, we all have that in common, we were once lost, but now I am found. Those that are not found are lost. Do you believe that? Do we believe that about our society? Louis Armstrong sings a song: "What a wonderful world." Anybody like that song? All right. I won't sing it to you. I told every service that maybe I should sing it to you guys. No, <laughs> oh, you guys are funny. <laughs> yeah, it would not be pleasant. It would not be. <laughs> it would not be pleasing. Um, so, what a wonderful world, man. Love, love that song, man. It's so uplifting, so powerful. But without Jesus, it's not a wonderful world. And we can't forget that. Scripture tells us to be in the world but not of the world. You're in it. That's why you're here. That's why you have a neighborhood. That's why you have a house. That's why you go to the grocery store. That's why you have friends. You're in it, but you're not to be of it. We can be so so in it and of it at the same time that we forget without Jesus, the world is dark. And so the world acts and thinks and does very specific things that if we're not careful, pretty soon we don't know the difference between God's truth and the world's lies. Society has a lot of hate. I want to read 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5 to you guys. It says, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. So the world has is redefined love. They've redefined what's right and what's wrong. Right, And they're telling the church through social media, through government, through politics, what's loving and what's right and wrong. Okay? Now we have some we have some kids in this service, right? And parents, right? Your your kids don't get to tell you what's right and wrong. You want to learn their love language, so to speak, but they don't get to tell you what's loving and what's not loving. My my son, if he loves food, and he loves his mama's food, good son, loves his mama's food, All right? But if it was up to him, she would never stop serving food to him, and he would eat until he is sick. So as good parents, we don't go, okay, you know, Caleb, Kyle, and Aaliyah, you tell us all what you want today to look like. You tell us what's loving. You tell us what's good, and, and you tell us even how to discipline you, right? It would be very unloving if I, just, if, if, if I acted as a parent like that. Well, in the church, what has happened is we've so listened to the world that now they've redefined love and we're right there with them. They've redefined what's right and what's wrong, how to love them, how to equip them, all these things. I'm not saying that God doesn't speak through nature and doesn't speak through ungodly people. But if we are not in the Word, if we're not attentive to the Word on purpose, and making sure that we're not casual about sin, making sure we're not casual about a move of God, then pretty soon we are more of the world than of God. And this 2 Timothy 3 2 through 5, we look at this and, and, and we're always like, oh man, this is so much the world, this is so much the world, this is so much the world. I look at it and like, I can be a lover of myself, I can be a lover of money, I can be without love. I can be without control. I can be brutal. Man, if, if you want to get in a in a verbal shouting match with me about right and wrong, I can be absolutely brutal. I can be treacherous, rash, conceited. I can love pleasure rather than love God. Second I mean, Timothy 3, 2 through 5 is it's talking about believers. It's talking about believers, not talking about the lost. He's raising up, Paul's raising up Timothy and saying, man, there's going to come a time and in the church, and it happened then, it's happening now, and when the Bible says have nothing to do with them, it's not talking about that you don't talk to lost people, or you don't talk to immature people, or Jesus. It says, you're not joining in hands saying what they're doing is right and righteous. That's what it's talking about. So when it says have nothing to do with them, at some point you have to say, that's ungodly. That's not right. But the question for us do we know the truth? Do we know how to tell the difference? Adolf Hitler said this: If you tell a lie, big enough lie, and tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. Say, oh, that doesn't know. And this isn't just what Hitler, like Hitler. This is his, is his quote. But every evil person in the world has had this same agenda, and it started in Genesis. Right there was a lie, and it was big, and it was told over time. We don't know exactly how long that conversation is with Eve and the serpent, but we know that it sunk in. So we have to be careful in our time, social media, politics, do we know the truth? Abraham Lincoln said this on the opposite side, a lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because because it is accepted by a majority. That's why we must be intentional, but not be casual, right? We need to be in the world, but not of the world. God's love is a light to the lost, and his love is in you, and it's dangerous to the enemy of God. You were once the enemy of God. You were once alienated, but now you're found. 1 John four nineteen through 20. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. You were once addicted. You were once lost. You were once full of hate, much like the world. But now, you're not because you've been found by Jesus. So, act like it. Right? That would be the encouragement. Act like it. You can't fake it. Right? Paul tells us love must be genuine. What he's saying is but you can't change you, but God changes you. Spend time with Jesus, which is why we're intentionally doing it, because it changes you, not just in the forgiveness of sins, which is eternal, but it changes you now. It matters. Right? People that are going on the beach, right? you can tell, like, oh, man, you got a lot of sun. Did you go to the beach? I'm not asking if they went to Alaska. Right? I'm ask, oh, did you go to a, to a, to a, to a snowstorm? Oh, you've been out in the sun, right? No, nope. people are working out, right? They're losing weight. We can tell. You've been working out? When I'm eating Twinkies and cupcakes, which are delicious, by the way, right? No one's saying, you, you've been working out, right? They're nice, and they don't say, you've been eating Twinkies, right? I actually had my, my best friend in the, in the second service actually tweet, actually text me during the sermon once I said that and said, have you been eating Twinkies, So, as we spend time with the Lord, remember, you were once lost, but now you're found. Be intentional about that, and don't be casual about that, right? We can be in the umbrella of the Midwest, Christian families, and even if you don't know the Lord, there's some blessings been brought up, like, get out of the Midwest. Get out of the United States. Get out of a Christian family Right and see what it's like. Some of us have experienced that. I we say, "Well, I don't want to ever be back there again." Right? When you've been back, in, when you've been in darkness, right? You don't want. You want to go back to the light. Right? Sometimes we've been saved long enough. Sometimes we've been around the umbrella of God's grace enough. Let us be reminded to be intentional and not casual. The second thing we want to look at is that we are reconciled. So I was once lost, but now. You were once an alien, but no longer. It says, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. He wants to let them be reconciled to God. You were once an alien. You once hated God in your mind first, which is why there's you know, like such power in our minds. right? It's why, why, why Jesus, when he's dealing with lust and different stuff, says, man, if you look at a woman with lust, you've already done it because he understands in your mind. That's what Paul's talking about. Right? In your mind, you were already at war with God, which is why you do evil things. He has now set you free because you've been reconciled. God's love changes things. The gospel changes you. I believe we believe in the supernatural here. We believe there's, there's nothing more supernatural than the gospel of Jesus Christ. It changes you. And sometimes we forget that. It doesn't just change you for eternity when heaven comes, it changes you now. Why? Why does the gospel change you? Because now you are not alien from God, you are not far from God. Right? Before, you couldn't get close to Him. You can understand, just like society, just like the world. But now because of the gospel, now you get to come in and call him Abba, Father. And it changes you. Spend more time with your dad. It changes you. John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And because of social media and athletes, John 3, 16 and 17 is now just a cliche, right? Let us be reminded today, as certain freedoms are being challenged and even taken away right now, would we be reminded there's nothing greater than the freedom that's found through the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Right? I'm I'm frustrated with some of the other things that are happening, but there's nothing greater than the freedom that Satan tries to take away. Would we not be, like, so casual about that? Like, I want to look at John 3.16 and not, well, everybody uses John 3.16. No, no, like, no, this is good. God so loved the world, you and me, and everyone in it, that, that they would choose, that they would not have to perish. They would no longer have to be an alien. That's some good stuff. And how did he reconcile? How did he reconcile us to him? Through his body. And Paul wants to make sure you know that, right? But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Why does Paul want to make sure that he knows that that, that you and I know that it's physically, right? Then, thousands of years ago, but now too there are false teachings that say that, that Jesus was just a prophet. And then some were saying right then that Jesus wasn't physically ever here. He was just like this, like this ghost that was walking around. Because they didn't want and could not think of a God. Because in the Eastern mindset, they understand, man, God is bigger than us. He, is, he's got, he has judgment. He has sovereignty. How could he come down and live with us defiled people? How would he do that? In fact, a Hindu philosopher um, said this, a suffering God, a deity with a crown of thorns, cannot satisfy the religious spirit. Muslims to this day will teach and deny the actual physical death of Jesus. Uh, They say it was just made appear that way. Why? Because he could not be God and actually come down and be with us. On the cross, we see God's mercy and his grace displayed. A loving God cannot let sin go unpunished. So Jesus took our guilt and our shame and our punishment so we can be forgiven and set free, right? That's some good news. And that's the news that all of our lost friends, all of our lost government leaders need to know. Why do they act the way they do? Same reason why you acted the way you did. And then he tells us, man, you're you're without accusation now? You can't even be accused. Psalms 103.12 says this, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And we're going to get into that uh, in a little bit, why that's so important for you as believers to know, right? We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about sin here in a second, Um, so just keep that in mind. But we must hold and be intentional and not be casual about the fact of that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Right? It tells them in verse 23. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. And I told this uh, to people in the last service too. And You could... Man, Spend some time in verse 23. There is a lot there of what God is saying, what he's made plain to the whole entire earth. But what he's telling them is stay the course. Stay the course. You were once lost, but now you're found. You're going through troubles. Yes, God is not far from you. He is close because of the gospel. So there's, there's some things that, that we can struggle with, and I've seen believers struggle with um, once they become a Christian, or even going through really tough times like this. So I wanted to go through some of that today as you're just like staying the course. Remind, being reminded that God is still on the move, okay? That's why it's important for testimony. It's important that we gather together, and not just on a Sunday morning, but house churches too, and just in your homes, like encouraging one another as the day of Christ is approaching. Um, I was reminded this, this weekend just about the move of God um, and that he's still moving, right? So about a month ago, um, I'm, I'm jogging at River Springs. It's a park near my house, and I'm, I'm jogging, and um, I, I see a friend. And later on, you know, I just kind of waved to her, and I keep going, and, you know, and then she messages me, and, she, you know, I haven't seen her for years and years, and she's like, oh, it's so good to to, like, to see you. I was actually... Um, that person that I was with doesn't know Jesus. They're a part of um, a, 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 a cult. They're a part of a, a belief system that doesn't believe in Jesus as Lord. And you know a lot about about, about this, this, this cult. And she said, as I was literally praying, Lord, I don't know how to talk to this person. I don't know how to answer their questions. I don't even know what questions to ask. And I literally was saying, Lord, send me somebody that can help me in this or give me the words. And she said, then you just like came jogging by and I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. And so, like, we say, okay, we'll get together at some point. And then pretty soon a month goes by, you know. And I'm jogging on Saturday, and as I'm frustrated with the Lord, and I'm jogging. I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm so, I'm frustrated with church. I'm frustrated with life. I'm first like, God, what are you, like, are you, like, void of all the stuff that's happening? God, will you just move? Like, just use me and move, And I'm jogging, and I start thinking about my friend and her friend. I'm like, man, I really, really, really need to contact them. Yeah, Lord, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I come over the hill. I'm jogging at a different time than I normally don't, and who's there? And we both look at it like, okay, we need to start to have this conversation, right? God's still moving. We're just so used to him doing certain things in a certain way we forget. His word will not come back void. He, he never stops moving. He never stops doing. His glory doesn't run out. His forgiveness doesn't run out. So, as you stay the course and just marinate in the gospel, knowing that God, it's His character to move and do good. You might be thinking, and I see so many believers say this, okay, so now, you know, I'm saved. What, what can I do? There's some really dark stuff going on in this world. What can I do? And that's a great question. Galatians 6, 9 said this, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So what can you do? Do good. And may that good always point back to the gospel. Be nice in the checkout line. Give people the right of way when you're driving. When people are, people, if you've noticed, people are like, People are always bad drivers. They seem to be worse drivers right now, right? It's like, wow, people are just crazy. There's a guy in California that was, uh, took his, got a Jeep. He's a doctor in California. He got his, his dream Jeep, right? And he's like, I'm going to take my, my kid on a little trip. I'm going to take him to my favorite like, uh, hiking place. And he stops and he asks for directions and somebody shot him. Killed him in front of his son. People are on edge, and it's not just because they're worried about COVID. There are evil forces at bay. Do good, and may that good point to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That being nice should point to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That business should point to the gospel. Everything you do should point to the gospel, and God works in the little things as well as he does the big things. And don't become weary of of doing good because it matters. Number two, and this is something really important for us to look at, especially today as Paul says, man, you're you you are before God. You're, you're no longer an alien. He has brought you in, and now you can't even be accused. And one of the things that always rattles the cage of new believers is, man, I still mess up. Man, I still struggle with sin. I still mess up. And that, the, you, know, you get saved The Holy Spirit's moving. Conviction is moving, and you know that you need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus. You accept Jesus Christ. You confess your sins. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to repent. He's going to wash me as white as snow, and I'm going to start following Jesus, and then you stumble. And the first time that happens, that you sin after you're saved, it's like being blindsided like no other, right? Right? Like, man, why is this happening? And if it's a struggle, and a continuing struggle that can just mess with your face, like Lord, at the cross, I thought you forgave me. Why does this still happen? So, we, you to, to to stay the course with that. There's some important things that you need to understand. First of all, it's First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. And why is he just? Because the penalty's been paid. This is a weird way to look at it, but now it'd be unjust for God to, okay, I'm just going to tear you up. Like, no, 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 Jesus paid, he he paid it. He paid it. And you can always go back to that, just like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Grace isn't there for us just to sin more. No. But it's so as God is still working in us, we're not destroyed. Confess. Confess. Be intentional about that confession, and don't be so casual about that confession. And then the other side that we have to wrestle with is 1 John 1, 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. So what, what, is, um, what is Paul talking about um? Or what is John talking about in 1 John there? If we have, claim to have fellowship with God, so I'm saying that he's he's my Lord and Savior, but I'm walking in sin, not stumbling in sin. Right? You're not human. God's still working in you. You're still going to mess up. But when you're walking in it, you're like, I don't care. It's not even sin. I can leave my wife. I can take as many drugs as I want to do. I can do all, it doesn't matter. I can hate on people. I can do this. No. No. That is walking in sin. And First John says, man, if that's how you're living, then you don't know the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Stay the course even as you mess up, knowing that the gospel is still working. You can confess and be forgiven and be made whole and purified. The enemy loves to lie to us about the redemption of God. Going back to the first part of the teaching, the way the world thinks of things. And again, try not to get too political. Try not to, um, t- to mess with some of that stuff. Um, but we have to speak truth, right? The world right now, there's so many movements. And one of the biggest things that believers should look up is in so many movements. In a, in a world that is, is cherry-picking on what's right and wrong, they've decided a few things are wrong now, right? Praise God for that but then on how they go about redemption. There is no redemption. There is no forgiveness. There is no second chances. And we in the gospel should be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. That sounds loving and good. I'm so glad that you see this as a sin now, but whoa, wait a minute. People can't be redeemed. People can't be forgiven and set free. Even more how we should wake up to the gospel. Third thing that people do is, I think they can struggle with, is as they're just like holding on to the gospel is just being tired. Anybody tired? Like everything that we see on TV, um, our lives just being kind of messed with right now. Just I maybe mean, just tired, tired of the way people act. Tired of the way that you yourself act sometimes. Tired of just the way the world seems to be right now. Philippian one 1.6 says this, Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Be confident of it. God's not messing with you. He's not distant. He's not far away. He, you didn't come up with some new special sin or thought, that, oh, done with this person. He sees the cross. He sees the blood. He sees Jesus. Why? Be confident of that. Man, I, you know, I, even to this, to this day in my life as a pastor, I'm like, God, why do I still struggle with some of those things? I'm so immature. God said, I'm not done working on you, son. That's why you're still here. I'm not done using you, son. That's why you're still here. If, you were, if I was done working in your life or using you, I'd bring you home to glory. But I haven't because it's not your time yet because I'm not done doing some stuff in you. Right? Be confident. God will finish the work. Not salvation that was done at the cross for you. Talking about it in your maturity. Trust in the working power of the cross. All right, two questions as we close. Number one, do you need to be reconciled to God? And, you know, that question first is for anyone that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. If you were to die today, where would you go? right? Where, where, what happens after this life, right? So that's that first question. Do you need to be reconciled to God, right? We should always be asking that uh, to believers and un- unbelievers. Never, never be weary of asking that question, who is Jesus and do you know him, right? Where are you going to go for the rest of your life, right? We all know that, that we're not going to live forever on this earth. But then for believers, do you need to be reconciled to God? Do you need that confession, right? It's important that we do that, not only to God, as I confess to God, who already knows what I have done, but he still requires me to confess it to him, but then we also bring it out into the light with other believers. It's often why I'll confess from the pulpit some of the stuff I struggle with, or even some of the dumb things I do. And then brothers and sisters in my life that know the even deeper workings, I will tell them, right? Right? So I know that when I put things into the light and the truth of Jesus Christ, I'm reminded that not only can I be forgiven and set free with my father, but in his church as well. And then the enemy cannot take me to a place and give me a lie. Right? When you're alone, he's just going to give you that dark place, that alone place he keeps lying to you, lies, lies to you about your worth, about your forgiveness, about your transformation, about your future. Man, do you need to be reconciled to God? Say, man, I just need to confess this. I need to confess this to a brother or a sister in Christ. I need you to pray for me, and I need you to help me. Number two, do you just need to stay the course? Just need to be reminded. You need to be prayed for. You need some encouragement of just like, man, I'm, I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling with anxiety. A lot of people are struggling with anxiety and depression right now. Right? And, man, that's, that's what's beauty, beautiful about the church you're not alone. Right? There are people here that will love you, people that will hug you, people that will lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. No matter what requirements are there, they can lay hands on you, walk this life out with you because you're not alone. If you need encouragement, you may, came to the right place. As we close today, um, I'm just going to have a time of prayer and just you know, it's one of the great things about uh, the last service, is you stay as long as you really need to. Um, and just worship the Lord, right? And just marinate in his presence. Be intentional about, Lord, you are, you are good, you are holy. Right? M- Not being casual about his presence. So there's also um, some communion back there. You can take part in that. And there's some people that would love to pray with you. If you guys don't mind, go ahead and stand with me. And we're going to pray, and the worship team is going to come up. Father, God, we worship you in spirit and truth. Lord, your word is so good. God, you're breaking down so many things. And I'm so thankful for it, Lord. As you're pressing the reset button in this church, in our families, and churches all around Springfield. And churches all around the world. You we believe that you're on the move and you're doing great things. And God, may we um, keep in step with the Spirit. Would we work with you on what you are doing as you've called us to be co-workers in this. To give the ministry of reconciliation. That we would not live the way the world does. We would not fear the way the world does. We would not hate the way the world does. That we would be reminded because of the gospel we were once lost, but now we're found. For in sin, we can confess and draw near because of the pardon that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. I pray for those that are struggling with depression and anxiety. Lord God, bring them. Bring them into community. May the enemy not lie to their mind any longer. And God, I pray that they would find physical community as well. And that 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 community would find them. For those that are feeling despair or loneliness, God, would they be prayed for? Holy Spirit, would you do your great working today? And God, we love you because we know your word will never come back void. In Jesus' name, amen.